Welcome everyone. Thank you for joining us for our very first episode. I'm Laura. And I'm Priscilla. And we are two cancers. One crime. While we are recording this, we are enjoying some adult beverages. Yes, we are. Yum. Tasty. <laughs> I've went up a little bit on this one. I I splurged on the gas station wine. You did, you splurged. Yeah. I did sweet red blend, California, $6.99. Okay, now that's a couple steps yeah. up from my oldies $3.99 winking wine. The winking out. Yeah. It's tasty. Treat yourself. I'm drinking this wine called Rodeo Red, and it tastes like grape juice. Oh, delicious. I think it's like $9.99. Because I'm expensive like, like that too. Yeah. yeah. But it is Friday. <laughs> yes. You know, my $9.99 wine can yes. be Friday. And happy Valentine's Day when this drops. It's your Valentine's Day. Happy Galentine's Day oh, as well, true. you ladies. We all have to stick together. Yes. So guys and gals, grab your drink, beer, wine, soda, whatever, and we are going down this rabbit hole together. This is the murder of Jessica Lynn Keene. Jessica Lynn King was born on September 24, 1975, and she died on March 16, 1991, at the age of 15. She was from Columbus, Ohio, from the Galloway area, and it would take 17 years to solve her murder. At the age of 15, Jessica met a boy named Sean Thomas. Yeah, she was a sophomore. Sophomore. Okay, I kept on thinking junior, but but he was a senior, so he was, senior. He was a few years older than she was. And she, uh, he was a football player. Yeah, and she was a, a cheerleader. cheerleader. And yeah, he was a bit of a bad boy. Yeah, he started to get her into a little bit of trouble. Yeah. She, well, her grades started tanking and she's missing school. You know, when you're a senior, you're like, I don't need to go. Yeah. They don't care. But and she ends up quitting cheerleading as well. Yeah. Well, her grades probably got her kicked out is what happened. Yeah. Like. And so Jessica is fighting with her mom a lot. Her mom. Yeah. They're probably like battle mode. Yeah. Her mom was worried about her and her grades and yeah. the decisions she was making. Well, you get kicked off the cheer squad and your grades are crazy yeah your mom's gonna be pissed yeah so her mom didn't really know what to do with her and so she sends jessica to the huckleberry house right which is a for troubled teens troubled teens in columbus in columbus and wyland park and it's actually still open yeah and it's basically like a live-in counseling center right and it's Jessica, like a two-week, it's like a temporary Yeah, it's temporary. Thing. Yeah. So Jessica was there for about two weeks. Yes. And the night before she was supposed to go home, Jessica got in a fight with Sean. Her boyfriend. Her boyfriend. Yeah. And they end up breaking up. Yeah. And it was like a big deal. You know, people in the house noticed that mm-hmm. she got into an argument. They were like she was in a upset. screen match on the phone, like. When you're in this counseling centers, you don't have, like, a phone that's private. Like, right. you have to talk in front of everybody. So, they knew she was upset. She wanted to go blow off some steam. Yeah. So, she told them that she was going to go to the mall. And, um, Horrible choice. Yeah. Don't spend money when you're upset. It's true. 
but she was gonna go to the mall and um i think it was Westland Westland mall Mall. yeah Yeah. and uh she was gonna take the bus so she goes down to the bus stop she's last seen uh in a wyland park bus stop around six o'clock in the evening yeah um waiting for the bus to pick her up take her to the mall yeah yeah check-in time Back at the Huckleberry House was 11. Yeah. That's so, when they have the RA walks around, kind of calls your name, like, hey, you in here? Yeah. She wasn't there. From 6 to six o'clock to 11, they basically don't know where Jessica is. They think she's at the mall. Mm-hmm. And during that time, um, Jessica was abducted mm-hmm. from the bus stop, and she was driven out to Madison County, Ohio. Yeah. Right outside of West Jeff. Rural um, county, very country living. Yes. Uh, Plain City, Georgesville Road was the That's area. where they drove, yeah. And it was about 20 miles away from the bus stop. So uh, it's in the middle of nowhere. It's very dark and secluded. There's not a lot of houses. There's no street lights. There's no street lights. <laughs> There's no pay phones. Children of the corn. Think that. It's the 90s, so there's no cell phones yet. Oh, no. And Jessica's (laughs) driven all the way out there, and she was raped uh, for hours in a Mm -hmm. vehicle. And beaten. beaten. So, She, um, She escaped. Like, she got out. She ends up escaping from the vehicle. She's running down this country road. Away from him. Like, he's still there. Like, he's He's chasing chasing her. her. So later the police find footprints so they can tell that she's running. Yeah. Um, And there was one farmhouse that was off in the distance. And so they think that she was running towards this farmhouse to get away from this guy. She runs into a cemetery, though. So she runs into a cemetery. Uh, They find footprints. She climbs a fence, hops into this uh, secluded old cemetery called foster chapel cemetery yeah and this isn't like a normal cemetery like we see nowadays like oh with the pretty street lights and stuff no yeah this is a field with no lights nowhere there's no parking at these it's in cemeteries like 1700s very old yeah like stones and cemetery insert horror film yep so Jessica is running basically naked. She's in a, her brawl and um, just one sock is what she's found. Yeah, in. and they found duct tape. So she was she, just he had running duct taped her. Mm. for her life. And so she's ducking behind these headstones and she's trying to weave her way through the cemetery. And the cops actually find uh, like kneeling knee prints mm-hmm. behind these headstones so they can tell that, you know, she's trying to hide from this guy. Mm. And so she tries to run out of the cemetery towards the back area. Where that farm, there was like a little farmhouse, like real far away, though. Yeah, she was running towards this house. Uh, She ends up running straight into a fence because it's so dark. Yeah, it's like one of those like wooden stumps that, imagine hitting that like full force. Yeah. Like, not the wind out of you. (laughs) So it knocks her down. And then, at that time, her perpetrator could catch up yeah, to her. Yeah, he caught up to her. And he ripped a 70-pound headstone out of the ground. He had to have been, like, doing some sort of drug to be yeah. able to do that. That just, like, You know what I mean? Like was The limitless pill. Yeah, something yeah. like, oof. Who does that? Yeah. But he rips it out. 
he beats her with it. Yeah. And she passes away there in the cemetery. Like, he didn't just hit her one time off the head, though. Yeah. Here's a, like, he beat her so bad, like, it split the tombstone in half. They found bloody pieces of this of the tombstone around her body, and the official cause of death was blunt force trauma right. to the head. Right. So, the next morning, um, there's a photography student who's yeah. out early in the morning in the cemetery taking photos. Because um, sweet pics. I yeah. mean, like, Fog, Cemetery. It's, cool. it's creepy. Madison County. Then. Then. Dead body. Then she, then this person finds a dead body. Ugh. So, she had to go find a, a payphone and call the sheriff's department <laughs> and. Payphone, people. <laughs> payphone in the 90s. Welcome to the 90s. Um, and then the sheriff's department come, they come out and they find the body. And. They, of course, don't know who she is because she doesn't have any identification right, on her. Right, because she doesn't have underwear on. She yeah. literally has, like, a ripped bra and a, a sock. Yeah. <laughs> so they can obviously tell that she's very young. Um, they can tell that she was beaten. Mm-hmm. And I mean, now her hair color and stuff yeah. like that. So this ends up, uh, it's on the news. Yeah. And so into the next day is when her mom, Jessica's mom, um, you know, she obviously doesn't know where Jessica is. Because Jessica was supposed to come home that next day. Right. right. So she didn't come home, and she's been calling around and looking for Jessica. Calling her friends, and no yeah. one's seen her. So she sees this uh, news broadcast, and she, the mom ends up calling uh, the Madison County yeah. Sheriff's Department. And they said they found, like, a young girl, like, right. 15 to 20-something yeah. with brunette hair, and right. she just knew, man. So she knew, and they end up figuring out that this is Jessica Keene. Yeah. And on her body, they do find a DNA sample. So they're able to collect that. Now, they think that the DNA sample is going to connect them to Sean Thomas. Right, because he's the boyfriend. They just broke up. Right. But dude's got alibi. The dude's got alibi. Oh, no. He was on a road trip to Florida with some of his friends. Of course he was. And even though it was suspicious AF that he had left, yeah. you know, basically right after Jessica was missing. Right. Gone missing, Suspect one. Um, the DNA didn't match and he had an, an alibi. Yeah. He, he had, like, his friends. Like, yeah. he had a solid alibi. It wasn't him. So this case ends up going cold. Mm-hmm. For 17 years, Mm -hmm. and they don't know who it is. And so the Madison County Sheriff, uh, his name was Jim Saban, Mm -hmm. and he was the sheriff in Madison County up until last year in 2019. Um, He stayed on top of this case, and he kept working it and staying connected to BCI to try to uh, rerun Keep the running DNA, that DNA. The DNA samples. Um, so, 17 years after Jessica Keene was murdered, uh, one random day he gets a phone call and they had found a hit in the CODA system. Yeah, which is the system they keep like all felons, DNA, yeah, all that. Which BCI is also in Madison County, which is kind of Which is cool. strange, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of cool. But uh, they get a match to this guy named Marvin Lee Smith mm-hmm. Jr. Not even on the radar. Total like, no one even knew his name. random dude. He yeah. just um, 
you know, middle-aged man, had no connection to Jessica Keene. Um, at the time of the hit, he was found living in North Carolina. And um, so Jim, Jim Saban rolls up to mm-hmm. this dude at his work. Yeah, he, he was in North, North Carolina. Carolina. Yeah, they're like, okay, yeah. we're traveling. So they go and they meet with this guy and um, show him photos of Jessica. And, of course, he didn't want to look at them. Uh, he also didn't have an explanation as to why his DNA would be on a 15-year-old uh, girl right. that had died. Um, so He's seen them photos, though. And yeah, he did. fucking flipped out. Luck- so, luckily, he confessed. But, I mean, they still had his DNA. Right. But. J- Jim Saban came and knocked on that guy's door after yep. 17 years. Yep. So he, um, Marvin Lee Smith, mm-hmm. ends up basically pleading guilty to this murder and he takes a eventually yeah about a year after he was arrested formally for the murder Mm -hmm. he was convicted of jessica's murder and he received a plea deal of 30 years uh, at in london ohio which is also that that's where he was mm -hmm. on trial correct which is madison county which is madison county so um he is is and has been locked behind bars. Mm-hmm. He took um, a plea deal so they wouldn't do the death penalty. Right. So he's still, I mean, he still has quite a lot of time left. So yeah. he's going to be away for quite a while. Um, but why this case is important is, well, number one, the laws have changed. So now they mm-hmm. do submit DNA samples. Anytime for you have a fel- felony felonies. now, they're, yep. they're getting your DNA. Um, another thing to note is when Marvin did this, he was actually out on bond for two other rapes. Yeah. Uh, of women. Of women in Columbus. Like violent. <laughs> so he was pending his trial. He was out on bond. and he While was, he murders yep, Jessica. He was out, you know, searching for a young girl, sees Jessica in the area of where he was living in Wyland Park, drives her out to probably just a random area yeah he probably didn't even know the area right and um you know he rapes and, and ends up killing her um you know at that time in the 90s those laws were not the same then and no. dna was still new but you know if, if that would have been different then they would have caught him probably immediately yeah you know maybe even he wouldn't have even been out on bond um he did serve i think about six years for those rapes mm-hmm and then he had to basically reoffend to get his DNA back or into the system for the first time, which is how they end up getting the hit on him. Yeah, they the run it system. every, like, so often. I think they do that with a lot of cold cases now. Yeah. They will rerun the DNA in that CODIS system, and then all of a sudden, boom, there's a yeah. hit. Like the Golden State Killer? Yes. After all that Well, time. now they have that familial DNA, which oh, is... Oh, yeah, the DNA sites. It That's is like the DNA sites thing. that, you know, if you don't opt out, that they share that DNA results with the cops. They can. Yeah, it's crazy. And, you know, you might not be the killer, but your cousin's DNA... Right. Or your uncle's DNA is in that... Right, a database. Database, and what they can do is just go down the line and eliminate, Mm -hmm. and that's how the Golden State Killer was caught. Like, what, he had all kinds of rapes and stuff in the 70s? he went for a long time. Yeah, for a long time. He ended up being a cop, but he, you know. He was like everybody's He was an old man. He was like 85. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you're just still going down, motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. Can't get away with it. Nope. 
not today. He's like, you know, super old, wanting to just chill, and now he's <laughs> going to go to jail. Yeah. Here's the cops. Chick, chick. I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah. Just like, I hope this Marvin motherfucker enjoys mm-hmm. it. But I'm glad that Jessica's family finally got some closure. If there is um, any such thing as closure sure. with, At with least something justice, like that. Yeah, you know, there was some justice. At minimum or... there. And this piece of shit is off the street, which is good. And uh, the reason why we wanted to do this case was because uh, Laura and I are both from Madison County. Mm-hmm. And we both don't live there anymore, but, you know, we remember being fairly young, but... You I know, remember this case. Hearing about this case. It was on Unsolved Mysteries. Yeah, watching the Unsolved Mysteries and hearing on people the talk about it. On the case with Paula Zahn or whatever, but I remember. I remember yeah. this, like, being on TV. So, when we were discussing doing our first case for our podcast, this just kind of seemed natural. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Jim Sabin... Yeah. Oh, yeah. When he Jim, retired. Jim Sabin retired. The sheriff of Madison County retired. Who was like the main person on this case. On this case, and yeah. He retired last year, uh, March 15th of 2019. In memory of her. In that honor so... of her, which is the day that she was abducted. Yeah, that is so amazing. Like, so, after all this time. affected him. He, you know, stayed connected to her and her family you know, even in 2019, he was still thinking of her and remembering her. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's very honorable. I think that this case meant a lot to him and to the county. And we're glad to see uh, justice come out of this situation. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Laura, did you have a quick recommendation? Yeah, on we're going to try to keep reading. Yeah, really? we're going to do it a little up. We got the case taken care of. Now we want to kind of end it on a high note for you guys. Something fun for you guys. I'm currently reading If You Tell by Greg Olson. It's um, a true story based in the 2000s. It's kind of like a mommy dearest to the extreme. Uh, It's survival of sisterhood. These three sisters survive their mom and dad. And it's just insane. I, I read the book in like two days. It sounds crazy from what you're telling me. It's good. If you can check it out, check it out. It's a true story. So, what are you into this week? Uh, Or this just whole month? Yeah. Like, February. Recently, I just finished Don't Fuck With Cats. Yeah. On Netflix, which was the story of Luca Magnata. Yeah. And if you haven't heard of this, you're in for a treat because it's a crazy rabbit hole. In a crazy situation, he ends up putting these videos on the internet about him. He's killing these cats in these videos. He's a supermodel. Yeah, he also is trying to make himself famous. So he makes a Wikipedia page and all these fan websites. Like 75 Facebook pages. Yeah, he goes on there and like writes about how great he is. And like all these fake profile accounts. Um, But he... He progresses to killing people, which he also posts on the internet. And the reason why this documentary is cool, though, is because it, it tracks all these, like, armchair detectives. Yeah, and they're on home the internet. sleuthers, man. And they all kind of banded together, and they they figured out who this guy was yeah. by working together as a team, and they helped mm-hmm. the police catch this guy. So He's um, in Canada. This is a yeah, store in Canada. He is... 
convicted in Canada, serving his time in Canada, and was from Canada as mm-hmm. well. And this is on Netflix. You guys definitely have to check yeah. it out. It's it's several episodes, but it's grab a your wine. Quick You're watch. gonna need it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a rabbit hole for sure. It's yeah, hard to, it's hard to stop watching episode after episode. <laughs> but binge. Yes. Don't judge me. But thank you guys for listening. We love you very much. If you want to send us any case recommendations. Um, our email is two cancers one crime at gmail.com. Uh, we appreciate you listening. Yeah, and guys, we'll see thank you, you again soon. Bye. Bye.